Thank you for joining us for another life-giving message from City Church Now in Progress. Well, good morning again, everybody. We are so glad that you are here. And Pastor Ray is so gracious, but like Wednesday morning, he as he's leaving for work, he said, baby, I'm going to let you preach uh, this week. So, But it's Wednesday, so I'm like, you know, knee-deep in Christmas ornament boxes that I have hauled in the house from the garage that still need to go out because I was still setting up Christmas. So then Friday, when he leaves for work, he was like, hey, is your message done yet? And so, needless to say... Don't I got it done. Out there like that, baby. It's okay. Put it all out. It's just a lesson for wives in submission and wives to be is get your message done before Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are talking this season, merry and bright, and we do realize that the Christmas season it can be really full of joy for some people. It can be kind of, you know, on the teeter-totter for other people. And then for some people, it can just be a dread. And so this season, we wanted to talk to you about being merry and bright and how that is possible no matter where you find yourself. I mean, the Christmas blues, they keep just trying to knock at the door of my heart because I miss my mother-in-law so much. And then as I'm putting up Christmas decorations, you know, I even had the thought this week, oh, Lord, I wish I would have known to just make them move down here before we got to this part so she could enjoy. And then I'm just like, she is having the best Christmas of all. But that welling up, that welling up keeps knocking at the door. And so I've been watching those goofy Hallmark movies. To keep 24 them 7, y'all. Yes. Well, I do a little bit of Joel Osteen and some Robert Morris, a little bit it. of Joyce Meyer in the first thing in the morning, you but to get the dishes done and the cookies that I remembered at nine o'clock last night. Hey, I need to make cookies for church today. Come on. So we were up last night like it was Friday night. But anyway, we got it done. But merry and bright, no matter where you find yourself. And if this is the best holiday season for you, we encourage you to share that with somebody else. To let people know that they matter, that you see them, that they are here. That's good. And so something I re- we received in the mail, well, actually by email, we received a family letter. You know how some people do the family letters and give you a review? And I think that's so wonderful. I'm just that type of person. We took family pictures in October for Christmas. We haven't even gotten them back from the, the photographer yet. <laughs> you know, I've got this beautiful house. I haven't put up one photo. I've never written a Christmas letter. And so all this is going on, but I'm a great children's teacher and I get my message done by Sunday. So, you know, everybody has different gifts and you can even find yourself feeling insecure about some things. And so I was, uh, as I was preparing, I was looking through, you know, different blogs and I'm thinking merry and bright and I wanted to make it kind of lighthearted, but still point us to Jesus and all of that. And I did get through email, a family letter and it was a great update. So I found this blog of family letters and someone had written this time last year, you know, let's stop all the fake family news and just tell a real family story. You know, everybody's kids are doing well and they've got beautiful pictures in Tahiti and they're not telling the real family story. So I found a real family letter. I had written our own, but... I decided not to put our business in the street this holiday season. (laughs) Therefore, comma. So, (laughs) 
This is a real family letter from this time last year, December 14th, 2018. Our year started off in typical fashion. We overspent during the holiday season last year and found ourselves in quite a bit of a credit card debt in January. Oops. Jim forced the twins, who are now 18, if you can believe that, to get part-time jobs after school because they were spending far too much time playing video games and eating tons of food. They complained bitterly for months, of course, but now really enjoy getting those paychecks that they so quickly waste on fast food and sneakers. Our daughter Emily turned 16 this summer and failed her driving test three times before finally passing. Since getting her license in October, she's only hit our mailbox twice. She continues weekly practice of posting inappropriate pictures on Instagram, but it's what all her friends are doing too. So we live in a state of embarrassing denial for now, and I've gotten pretty skilled at hiding from certain moms when, I, when they catch a glimpse of me in the grocery store. Jo Josh got caught vaping in his English class in March, and he was prohibited from attending prom. That saves us some text rental money, though. Jacob did attend with his girlfriend before she broke up with him suddenly over text message in early June. Both boys applied to several colleges, and each of them got into a few, despite missing a couple of application deadlines and really slacking on their supplemental essay writing. Josh got denied from his dream school and started state this fall with an undecided major. But Jacob failed two AP classes, so it's taken a gap year to decide what he really wants to do. We don't agree with his garage band or the fact that it will make it to the big time, but they continue to practice here every weekend until Jim kicks them out around 3 a.m. Emily is enjoying her sophomore year for the most part, but she got cut from the competitive cheer team and decided to try show choir instead. <laughs> she spends a lot of time dancing around her room and complaining about how the director's daughter gets to be in the front row for every number. Jim has decided to take a part-time job uh, for her, Jim has decided a part-time job is in her near future. I was reassigned to a new division at work, and I have three young men who report directly to me now. They are a tad annoying and immature, but I am hopeful they will grow into their work since they will all turn 30 soon. Good thing I'm used to excessive eye-rolling and being ignored at home. Jim's office location moved downtown, so now his commute is twice as long. We really don't see much of each other during the week, and we both admit that as the kids are growing older, we have less and less in common. I'm hoping to convince him to start some couples therapy in the new year. If not, we may be thinking about a trial separation once Emily leaves home. I've joined a Wines of the Month club in the meantime. <laughs> Our beloved retriever Skipper has some serious bowel issues these days. I spend a lot of time steam cleaning the carpets. Other than that, I still love knitting and doing loads of laundry into the wee hours of the morning. We'll be spending Christmas at home this year because air travel is too expensive and the car needs some engine work. We'll enjoy lots of family time, though, where everyone looks at their phones and complains about the meals I spend hours cooking. 
We wish all of you a good and healthy <laughs> Christmas and much happiness in 2019. Love the Jones family. P.S. We'd invite you over, but with Skipper's situation and at least one of our memory-impaired aunts possibly moving in with us, we'll have to pass on that this year. Happy holidays. Wow. <laughs> And so more than we care to admit, that is what a lot of our lives really look like. And at Christmas time, we feel the urge for whatever reason. I do believe that there is a grace. You don't need to put all the business out in the street. Right, but right. there is also a pressure to live up to this facade of everything is wonderful. Yeah. Now, we got a good chuckle out of the reality of what's going on with them. But I wish we had the confidence to be that vulnerable. I wish we had the courage to just tell the truth and then have people still celebrate, hey, Skipper may make it another Christmas. Thank God for the steam cleaner. Maybe not. We would hope not. Skipper would never have a day at my house. I am not... Pray for me. I am not a dog person. The kids have been praying, and so I'm looking at dogs and racing us pictures of some puppies. But I just know that that dog will be my dog. And I will be walking the dog. And the most goofy thing I have ever seen in all my adult life is another adult carrying dog boo-boo in a green bag walking down the street. I just cannot do like Bob and boo-boo all at the same time. So I keep refusing them dogs, but there's something in my heart melting but I'm just going to let them get grown and get their own dog. I love on their dog. I don't want to love a dog and then it has bowel issues and then they go to heaven. I just can't do all that. I just, I want to only love you and cry about your stuff. I don't want to cry about a dog. But anyway, I digress. So, Mary and Bright. Mary and Bright. Now, you may not have the courage and it may not be appropriate for you to write that kind of a letter. But we want you to know that City Church is a place that if that is your story, you are safe here. Amen. And we want to encourage you through all of that to still see the good. She still wrote that letter with all the vigor and honesty that she could. And she's like, this is my reality, and it's still going to be a happy holidays. And so tell the truth this holiday season. Deep down, we want to be merry and bright, but at times our circumstances make it feel almost impossible. The holiday of Christmas, however, will not magically grant us the happiness we desire. That's good. It's not going to be in the Christmas lights, though there is a bit of a lot of festivity that I do enjoy about decorating for Christmas and making cookies. I'm gluten free and I made y'all some real gluten macadamia nut white chocolate chip on, chocolate chip Ghirardelli chocolate chip cookies because that is my giving gift this Christmas season. I did not make you through fight through gritty gluten free flour. <laughs> So the holiday of Christmas won't make us merry and bright. The only, it is only the person of Christ that can give us what we long for. It's not going to be in our family letters. It's not going to be in the gifts we are able to give or receive. If we are disconnected from that single force, that it is going to be difficult for any time for us to be merry and bright. The holiday, put in proper context, celebrates, meaning it points directly to a person. 
and not a celebration. Now we celebrate, that celebration comes out of us celebrating the person. And I'm all about giving gifts. I'm all about the Christmas trees. I am not that weird Bible school graduate girl that is like, oh no, it's only about Jesus. Well, I was the weird Bible school girl. And when Nia was four, let me scan the room. Are there any kids in the room? When Nia was four, I see some pointing. Okay, there's one. Anyway, we'll move on. But I was weird when she was four, and I regretted that. And so we have thoroughly enjoyed a full holiday season, Santa Claus included, with Levi. But we'll point to something else. The holiday celebrates the person. Let's look at Luke 2. Now, if you're new here or you're, you're, it's your first time at church, there are two parts to the Bible. You have got the Old Testament and the New Testament. So we're going to the New Testament. And Luke is one of the first gospels. So there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Those are the first four. So in the New Testament, we're going to look at the book of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's going to be the third book. If you have the proper Bible, it will be on page 1,384. <laughs> If not, just keep on going. We're looking at Luke 2. The scripture will also be on the screen. Luke 2, verses 8 through 12. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. But they were terrified. The angel assured them, do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Good. That's where the merry and bright starts. The good news is that God in his infinite wisdom for creation decided to send his one and only son into the earth. That is good news. But that coming of Jesus would bring great joy to all people. This gospel is for everyone. So I had our meeting with the youth leaders this week and I asked them, I said, well, as an opener, just gauge where the kids are with the recent conversion of Kanye West. And I said, just kind of gauge where they are. You don't have to have an answer for them. See what they think about it. What I've heard, I hadn't really followed Kanye West. I would, you know, I see stuff on the Google News. And, you know, you've heard about things when his mom died some years ago. She just went in for cosmetic surgery. She died suddenly, which is traumatic. And it just seemed from my little knowledge of him that it just seemed to be a downward spiral since then. I remember him, like, saying he was Jesus and Yeezy and all of this kind of stuff. And I've just heard all kind of craziness. But I was so excited. I was so excited to hear that somebody had ministered the gospel to Kanye West and his heart and mind was open. That's this gospel we preach. But you would not believe if you've not heard about it, there is such an ungodly, dynamic division in the body of Christ concerning his conversion. Well, he's been going to churches, he's been singing, which he was already a rapper. So if his conversion is bringing an expression out through music, that should not be a surprise to us. And people are saying, oh, he shouldn't be doing that. 
God forbid. I know Kanye West's business because it's been in the Google News. He just doesn't know mine. I've probably done some things worse than Kanye West, and I may be, if it was the left to the judgments of people, more disqualified from receiving this good news. But I'm so excited. On the way to church, we listened to, I think, 105 has the gospel, and he had a song on there. And at first, I didn't know the voice, and I'm used to Kirk Franklin not being able to sing, but singing on his own records. <laughs> And so I was thinking, who is this that is not singing that well? Because I'm one of those people that can't sing that well. And I'm like, if they're making records, why don't I be able to make a record? But I'm just going to keep it right here. So I'm thinking, and you should hear it. I don't even know the name of the song because I was just so in tune to what is going on. And he says, I've got my sanity back. Good. I want to tell you all about it. He said, this is my wife, and these are my kids, and this is my story. I can't do nothing without him. Good, good. If we could only imagine, can you imagine the level of influence for ratchetness that he has had? That same ratchet following is looking and listening. Can you imagine the hundreds of thousands, if not scratching on a million young people that were sis boom ba just cheering him on and all that buffoonery. And now, because of his profession of faith, will give the gospel just a little glimpse. When the scripture says here in Luke, when the angel brought it to the shepherds, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. As a mother, I'm so happy he found Jesus. He was losing his mind, just being, oh my goodness, the things, I don't even want to mention them on a Sunday morning, the reports I read, the things that he would do and he would say to have sanity, his children, his wife, and what he's doing for the gospel. So, you know, you, you hope that, okay, I hope he can stay on the, the straight and narrow, but that's the hope for us all. We may not have millions watching us or thousands. You might have two or three. And that is enough. Will people look at your life and say, oh, maybe if God can do it for Kanye, he can do it for me. Maybe this Jesus that came into the earth is not just for the good church people, but he's for me. And so as we look at this being merry and bright, just the fact that you had the mind to show up, to be a part of worship. You have that level of grace. Do you know that there are some people who don't have, their hearts are waxed cold, cold and their ears are clogged. You could tell them about Jesus all day. They can have a desire to know about Jesus all day, but the gospel doesn't stick. There is a special grace on your life. The gospel is for them too. One man plants, another man waters. God will give the increase. We still keep preaching the good news, but it is for all people. And that's where we can be merry and bright that, oh, I'm not so far away. Out of the same mouth, Kanye West blaspheme and curse Jesus. And it's not the unpardonable sin. If you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, we can do a whole 12 week study on that. So even though he was being blasphemous and and irreverent to Jesus, he could do that because he didn't know him. Right. Now that he's knowing he's doing like Saul did when he turned to Paul. He's doing what the woman at the well did. Come see about a man who knows everything about me. Come on. 
He's doing what Paul and Silas did. Silver and gold have I none, but such as this I offer you Christ. And so it is for all people. Joy is not happiness. Joy is just, it's not happiness. Joy is not found in this particular holiday, in any holiday. Joy is connected to and found in the person of Jesus. And joy is for all people. So let's look at it right quick. Happiness versus joy. Happiness is based on happenings. It is external. Okay, now since I did all that big preaching about Kanye West, let me do a little bit of true confession. (laughs) So once upon a time this past Friday, I had a coffee date with one of my girlfriends. And I was so excited because it was the same day that Pastor Ray made arrangements. My birthday was November 21st, and he had gotten me this spa package. And so I am so excited. So I called to confirm the spa package that was supposed to be at the spa in Plano. Little did I know that you, when you call to make the reservations, you call into a call center, and they put you where you want, they want you to be. And the spa package was at Dallas, but I live in McKinney and it's Friday night in the holiday season. But this past Friday, I'm going to have coffee with my girlfriend. I got my Fabletics, little yoga stuff on because I'm going to the spa. I had washed my hair. I looked a little bit like Frederick Douglass because I didn't have like a whole lot of gel and it's all gray. And so it, it wasn't that cute, but I was pretending I was cute because I'm with my girl, right? So we go and have coffee. But when I get to the coffee house, I'm all already like on the edge because I got to go to Dallas on a Friday night and you don't want to use up your spa treatment in traffic. So I'm just like, okay, get over it. But I get to the coffee house and I don't eat that much dairy and I need to have an almond milk latte. They are out of almond milk. It is Friday night, the holiday season right here, not too far from here. And they already know how we do on the north side. So I cannot figure out why they don't have almond milk. But that's okay because they have this real good gluten-free, uh, what do you call it, oatmeal that I can get. So I'm like, I'll do oat milk. Give me some oatmeal. They're like, we're so sorry, man. We're out of oatmeal. So my right eye crossed over on the left. And I had to remember, be merry and bright because I had. I was working on my message. So I lift my eyebrows up. Needless to say, it's like 1130. So I had not eaten anything because I got on yoga pants. And that is a little bit illegal, but I was going to the spa. So I'm just now, I can't have the almond milk. And I can't have the, the, the oatmeal. But I'm thinking when I get to the spa, because we live on the north side, they'll have a few little goodies for me when I drive all the way to Dallas. Had a great time with my girlfriend. Only thing is I was rushing to get to her because I decided to wash my hair and I couldn't get the Frederick Douglass down. And I said, I will get gas after I leave her. But you know when you have that one good, great girlfriend and you stay to the very last minute to get you through traffic? So now... I get in the car and I kiss her, hug her goodbye, and everything is well. And then the gas light comes on. Now, I'm kind of like the girl that doesn't really let the gas get past the half a tank. But I just, you know, the homeschool mom, I'm going to Louisville three times a week. I just was riding that red line on out. So now I've got like only four minutes to spare. So I get off. I get the gas. It's like two something. I'm not having an attitude. I'm like, okay, it's going to be good. See, all of this is happening around me. And on the tollway, driving to Dallas on Friday, just before two, guess what? It is traffic backed up. 
I wasn't feeling too merry and bright. So I look in the rearview mirror, and, and the Frederick Douglass, it's like just standing up. It's just, it's getting worse. So you know how when you leave the house in the morning, you think you're a little cute? So now I'm like not even a little cute, and I'm hungry. And this oat milk is trying to like do a little dance on my stomach. And I'm like, is it gluten and oat milk? What is going on? So I'm hungry. My stomach is rumbling. I needed to get gas, and I'm in traffic. It's happening. I'm trying to remember the message that I preach get to Dallas. I'm late. I call them ahead like 20 minutes. It's a lot of traffic. I'm so sorry. But really, I want to place blame. It's all y'all fault because I called the Plano number. I wasn't even supposed to be here. But, you know, I was just like, they may come to church one day. So let me just work it out. (laughs) So I get there and I'm telling you, if you are German, this is only for context. This is not, uh, I'm not being ugly. So I get the massage therapist, and she looked like she is, like, just straight out of Germany. I wanted a relaxing massage. I'm, t- I'm still bruised today. <laughs> I mean, she just got in there. She worked it all out, but I didn't want anything worked out. I go to the chiropractor for that. I just wanted to just kind of relax. Then to only discover Dallas spas don't do like Plano spas. There are no nuts and berries for you to eat. So now I'm hungry, so I've got oat milk coffee and then I put some hot spa tea on top of that with some cucumber water so then I've got this massage then I go to get the facial the hair now look like I stole some and ran all the way from Mississippi with it and I'm trying to be happy because how do you have an attitude when your husband buys you almost a half a day at the spa so I'm just like okay so then I go And the facial, she's like, oh, you have beautiful skin. But I have pigment loss. So I'm like, oh, I've got beautiful skin. And she says, and it's pretty hydrated. This time of the year, we see lots of dry skin. So I'm wearing that badge. I've got hydrated skin. And she doesn't care about my spot. I'm winning at life, even with this raggedy fro I've got on. So I'm good. So then I go and I get my nails done and all is bright. And then Levi calls me from the Echo Dot. Mommy, can you stop by Trader Joe's because I need some, some, some stuff. Levi, I have just made him into a, a like product junkie. So he needed some tea tree pads for his face. So I didn't, I did the spa on Friday night so I could just go to the spa and then go home and I would not use up all the zen from the spa. I was just going to be relaxed and I didn't worry about the, the Frederick Douglass because Sloan was taking care of it on Saturday. So, but I love that boy. So now I'm thinking if I stop at Trader Joe's, I'm using up the spa. That is not relaxing because I like a store. So I can't just go in and get the tea tree pads. I got to see what the Dallas Trader Joe's has that we don't have in McKinney. So I'm looking up and down the aisle. I'm using up the spa zen. Then I call Pastor Ray. He's not feeling too well. He said, well, I'm going to go get something to eat. I'm like, good. He's got dinner taken care of. I said, well, I can't eat that, so I'm just going to stop by Chipotle. He was like, that's a good idea. I'll text you what we want. This is only a a woman you understand because I love you, and I love your Friday spas. And I will always buy you Chipotle. But just for comedic relief, let me just talk about you. At least I'm not talking behind your back, baby. Just ride with me. I will make it up to you tonight. 
So he says, I will text it to you. And I'm telling you, the happiness, the whole bottom just fell out, boom. So now, my attitude is matching the hair. I ain't got no gel in it. It doesn't have steam on it. It is hungry. So I am at the Dallas Trader Joe's. I still got to get back to McKinney. So I'm just like having a little attitude, but I put on the 101.7 worship music because I'm just looking for some. I didn't even play Christmas music. I'm like, I just need straight Jesus. No fun right now. So I'm just like, okay, I put on the heated seats. Thank you, Jesus, for the invention of heated seats. So I'm riding. And of course, Waze is like, in normal traffic, you would make it to your destination in 22 minutes. And then they have the red line, but it is heavy traffic. So now all the spas in. And I don't really mind traffic. I just don't want the traffic after the spa. Because I'm thinking it's 7 o'clock. It should be done. Mm-mm, it was just getting started in Dallas. So I make it through. I arrive at Chipotle. And I'm thinking that's good because I'm going to give me a whole lot of guacamole and some chips. I kid you not, I go in there. I've got my phone out. I'm placing orders for five people. There are, you know, Chipotle, they're already starting to make everything. You know, my happiness, the bottom is already out. I'm just walking on autopilot at this point. So I'm there with my eyebrows up because I'm closer to home and I'm looking real crazy. So I just want to look like I have purpose in my life. So I got the fro out. I got the yoga pants on. The yoga pants have expired. I did not need to have them on, but I'm hungry. So I go there. They have like a full staff. Good sign. It is not a line. I get up there. I give the orders. She's putting everything in. I need steak for all three of the handsome men in my house and they have run out of steak. It is Friday night in McKinney at Chipotle. That should be illegal. So she's like scraping the bottom of this this, this steak bucket. But it's okay because I got Frederick Douglass going on. Just scrape the bottom, girl. Y'all will not recognize me on Sunday. So she's scraping. And then I get to the end. You know what I'm looking for? Guacamole. They look at me in these two brown eyes and say, I am so sorry. We are out of guacamole. I just, I'm not lying. I just turned around just by myself right there in line. (laughs) You know, just when you look for your salvation, help me, help me, help me, help me, Jesus. And I wanted to say something that I don't have a scripture for about guacamole. Happiness based on happenings. And I'm preparing a message for Sunday. And I am just, I just want to lay a golden egg. The only thing in that moment that kept me from walking out of the Chipotle with five meals already done. You just need one saving grace. My daughter's friend from school works the cash register at Chipotle. She's like, hi, Miss Harmon. And I'm like, hey, baby. And so then I lift my eyebrows as high as I could get it. And I was like, are y'all really out of guacamole or do they just not know it's in the refrigerator? She's like, I'm so sorry. And so the greatest stand I could take is not, you know how you say, that's okay. I didn't give her that's okay because it wasn't okay. I just looked. And then just because my just flesh had just got, because all the spa, I'm just going to have to redo it probably in January. <laughs> I got to have a do-over because of these circumstantial evidence. So she says, I'm so sorry. And I say, okay. And I just said it. I said, the only reason I'm going to pay for this food is because you're my daughter's friend. 
I just felt like I was Harriet Tubman. I just stood for righteousness right there. <laughs> and then she was like, well, it's okay. I said, no, just ring it up. It came to $42 and they ain't had no guacamole. Oh, did I tell you that they were all out of chips too? Yeah. I just, I'm, it's just like the devil will be in hot pursuit of your witness. I'm just waiting for Ashton Kutcher just to drop out of the ceiling and be like, psych, me and Pastor Ray in City Church, we just had this all planned out. It's just a joke. Ha, ha, ha. But it was like real life. So there's more than one way of skinning a cat, and I'm real resourceful. I was like, that's all right. They ain't got no guacamole. There's another Trader Joe's right across the parking lot. I'm going to go get some guacamole and some chips. I love Trader Joe's, but their guacamole and chips just do not taste like. Right. So I get home and I am in full, boom, funky attitude. I'm just so, I would be ashamed if Jesus wasn't so good, but I'm not ashamed because y'all don't have a heaven or hell to send me to, so I'm just going to tell my story. So I am, you know that kind of women, you know that like funky attitude that just mess up all the atmosphere in the house? Yeah, I just come in from the spa with a nasty attitude. And the only one I'm like being, I'm being halfway nice to Ray, but with the pop-a, I got my, hey! And the kids are like, mommy, you all right? Nope, I'm, I'm just grumpy. You didn't do anything. And so I'm getting, then I couldn't even get the package open. And then Trader Joe's put too much garlic in the guacamole. Too much garlic in the guacamole is not healthy for kissing after you eat. So I'm mad about the garlic. Then the guacamole is just like, it's got glaze over the top. I'm like, what kind of gelatin guacamole is this right here? And so I just got to sit down. I'm eating. I don't even get meat from Chipotle. And I got to eat all this stuff. It ain't got no salsa on it, no guacamole, no chips. No <laughs> chips. And I have to prepare this message. Yeah. All of my happiness on Friday night was based on my happening, happenings. Happiness is based off of external things. And guess what the whole problem was? Things were not going my way. And so I was just pounding like a little three-year-old with my save, Ray McGrath, tongue-talking, Bible-thumping self. I mean, it's just so easy for you just to slide on over into unrighteousness. It takes a whole lot of effort just to have a good attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought when I got home and I'm working through the attitude, it's like, baby, you okay? I'm like, I'm going to be all right in a few minutes. I just got to deal with myself. You know, sometimes you just need to take your own self to the bathroom and get a spanking. Now, after all that attitude about some guacamole, I didn't even really deserve a spa day. How do you come from a whole spa gift and just lose the bottom over guacamole? But guess what? That thing was real for me yeah. at 8 o'clock on Friday. Not to mention, I got hunger sitting on top of oat milk, on top of spa tea, on top of cucumber water. So I think would have probably, I just needed, was a bite of a granola bar. <laughs> uh, just some, I probably could have just had just a whole wheat sandwich and it would have been all right. But my happiness was based off of happenings. I forewarn you of that trap good. this holiday good. season. So what I want to tell myself in this moment is the Lord allowed all of that to happen so I could have a great story doing preaching. But no, I wish I could say that that never happens to me. Hasn't happened in a long time, but I'm still dealing with some things. Do not allow. I just take your hand right now and just put it over your chest and say self. self do not allow. Do not allow. Happenings. Happenings. To gauge. To gauge. Your happiness. Your happiness. Which is not joy. Which is not joy. Next point. Joy is based on our connection to Christ. Good. 
I'm saved. And I was really having a hard time finding joy on Friday night with the lack of guacamole. And it's so silly, but in the moment, it was so real. And I'm forgetting that, and we compartmentalize. See, I could be saved on Sunday at church, but in the Chipotle, I just want to not be that nice. All based off of how I feel. So there's another level of spiritual maturity I am climbing toward. I should not lose happiness over guacamole. The deeper thing about that, though, where we have to watch where we are, is I am a person that really, um, I'm a justice fighter. And so what was happening to me, it really wasn't about the guacamole. I can just point to it. What it was about is I felt that I was put in a situation that I didn't have a control of based off of information that was not given to me. And now I'm stuck having to do the right thing. Pride. I'm feeling like y'all should have done like Popeye's. When Popeye's ran out of chicken sandwiches, they put a sign on the door. When you pulled up, you're like, oh, that's all right. I'm going to Chick-fil-A. I mean, you could, you could base your decisions off of the information given. Well, I couldn't go anyplace else because they already started making five meals. And I love Jesus, so I'm just not going to let Chipotle have to throw away all five meals. And I'm mad because y'all didn't tell me that. But it's still justice. Forgetting that it's not that big of a deal. We're giving socks to people that are in shelters. Would they, they would be real happy, some people, to be in Chipotle with no guacamole. But in my own north side self-righteousness, I think just because I got a little debit card, people owe me something. I cannot base, we have to be, the title of this portion of the message is do not be like your pastor's wife and just lose it. <laughs> This is my true Christmas letter. Now, I've been good. You have. Come on, somebody. I got some cookies for you. Ain't said a word this whole time. But I got to jump in. Can I jump in? Jump in. We want to make sure that your Christmas is merry and bright. And so as Pastor Wendy was preparing, I said, baby, you're going to take the lead on this first message. And uh, I'll just come alongside you and just kind of share a couple of thoughts. what Pastor Wendy said is so profound. It's simple, but extremely powerful. Uh, that our happiness uh, or how we respond to what's happening in this season cannot be circumstantial. So I was praying about the message, and I felt the Lord prompt me to go to Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4, and you can put this on the screen if you don't mind, Tammy. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Paul writes this epistle, this letter to the church in Philippi. Uh, and, and what would happen as, as uh, Paul was planting these churches, he would go from church to church. He would stay there a few years. He would appoint leaders, and then he'd move on to the next gateway city. Uh, these were usually commercial centers uh, where a lot of people gravitated toward, and he would plant a church there because he knew if he could plant a successful church there, people would come to those places, and then they would be dispersed to other parts of the region. So uh, he had planted a church in Philippi, And he had moved on from Philippi to Rome. The interesting thing about this verse is Paul uh, sends this letter to the church in Philippi in verse 4, chapter 4 and verse 4. And this is what he says to them. He says, rejoice in the Lord when life is good. He said, rejoice in the Lord when things are going your way. He says, rejoice in the Lord. How often? 
always, and then for emphasis, he says, and again, I say, rejoice. Now, Paul's admonition wouldn't carry a whole lot of weight because it doesn't seem like a really big deal just telling people, just rejoice. Except Paul is writing this letter to the Philippian church from a Roman prison. The man in jail. And he's telling people who are on the outside, who are living free, y'all need to fix your attitude. You need to be more grateful. You need to be more thankful. Now, if anybody should have been having a pity party, it should have been Paul. But from a Roman jail, he writes to this church that he had planted and he begins to tell these people, your joy cannot be circumstantial. Because joy is a choice that comes as a direct result of my connection with Christ. So whether I'm in prison or not, whether I'm free or bond, my choice, listen to me, my choice, my choice this holiday season, my choice is to rejoice. Come on, somebody, that was Dr. Seuss right there. Yes. Or maybe Kanye's Sunday service. I think it sounded like Pastor Jesse. It sounded like Pastor Jesse. Good morning. Right, you'll yeah. see a Pastor Jesse. He has a new one. What oh, was the new one. one today? You don't know. What was the <laughs> Come on, tell him. With yes. Smile. Huh? No, smile, smile because, because you're, you're God's child. Smile because you're God's child. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Rejoice because it's a choice. Listen to me. Listen to me. The Christmas season. Thanksgiving season can induce anxiety. Some people get anxious over the fact that you have to prepare for all these people. You got to entertain and host in-laws. Anxiety can come from the fact that you've got all these people that you got to buy gifts for. And it can produce anxiety if you're not careful, and we can miss the whole reason, the whole purpose for this season. So if you're going to be merry and bright, you have to make the choice now that regardless of what happens, whether there's a lot of food or not enough food, whether there's a whole lot of gifts under the tree or just enough under the tree, I choose to rejoice. Listen to me. This is the only place we find it. There's another great example of this in Psalm 34. Let's turn to Psalm 34 quickly. And then I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Wendy. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will carry the weight and the anxiety. Listen to me. Part of the problem, let me tell you part of the problem. Part of the problem with the choice to rejoice is we compare our behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reel. What you're seeing on Instagram and social media is the highlight reel. And if you compare your life, your behind-the-scenes life that nobody gets to see, the no makeup, the bed not made, the children acting up to what you see on social media, it will frustrate you to no end, and you'll begin to say, well, what's wrong with me? Because all we get to see is the picture-perfect version. We only get to see what people allow you to see. Truth be told, truth be told, their behind-the-scenes is just as bad as yours. So you can't allow, you can't allow, you should not allow comparison how well you do. Because the problem with comparison is, look, listen to me. You're always going to be doing better than somebody, which will give you an inflated sense of self. And there's always going to be a whole lot of people that are doing better than you, 
which will give you a deflated sense of self. And if we're not careful, we will allow these unnecessary comparisons to rob us of the joy of Christmas. So we've got to make the choice now to rejoice. I will rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, Psalm 34. Let's look at Psalm 34 quickly. Uh, you guys know uh, that the book of Psalms is a book of songs. It's a book of worship songs. These were songs that were written by a number of different psalmists, David being the most prolific of those psalmists. There are psalms of Moses. There are psalms of Asaph. And this is a psalm or a song, a worship song that David has written. And notice what David says. Thank you, baby. In Psalm 34 and verse 1. Notice what he says. And I shared this with our worship team on our Thursday night call. But he says, I will bless the Lord when life is going my way, LG. No. When things are good, I'll bless the Lord. No. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. That means when I open my mouth, what's going to come out is praise. What's going to come out of my mouth is gratitude this holiday season. What's going to come out of my mouth is thanksgiving, not complaining or murmuring or whining. Because I will bless the Lord at all times. What David was saying is I will choose to see the good. Even though life is imperfect, I will choose to celebrate the good. I will choose to remember the good. And not be fixated on what is imperfect. Can I, can I, can I, can I tell you, you know, on what's going on with David when he writes this song? Abimelech had just released David because David had pretended to be crazy. Somebody was trying to kill him and his life had just been spared. And from that place, David writes this song. He doesn't say, God, why didn't you do this? God, why did you do that? Why did you do this? From that place, David writes this psalm of gratitude and says, Lord, I will bless you at all times. And your praise will continually be in my mouth. Even when somebody's trying to kill me, for most of David's life, from 16 to 30, until he became, David spent his life on the run. David was a fugitive for about 14 years, even though he knew God had called him to be king. And David said, even though my life now, my current experiences don't match your promise, I'm still going to bless you. Most of us get our praise on when we got something to testify about. But when life is difficult, the enemy shuts our mouth. We withhold our praise. And so our joy and our praise is only circumstantial. When life is good, I'm going to praise God. When life ain't going well, I'm going to retreat. Can I tell you that sometimes life is hard, but God is still good? That God does not change with your circumstances? And if God doesn't change with your circumstances, if he doesn't change with my circumstances, that means he's still worthy of praise. Last thing I'm going to say, Pastor Wendy. Last thing I'm going to say. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. The Lord, wants, the Lord wants this season to be merry and bright. He wants this season to be merry and bright. But it is a choice. We get to choose. In fact, I would venture to say that a lot 
of the pressure we feel during the Christmas season is self-imposed. It's self-induced. And I believe this holiday season, the Lord just wants you to take a deep breath. He wants you to exhale. And begin to ask yourself the question, what's driving me? I ain't got to impress one more person. And if your love for me is based solely on my ability to impress you, then we got a problem already. If you can't love me just the way I am, with what I have and with what I don't have, that's a problem already. And if your relationships revolve around people who are simply trying to impress and one-up each other, you're in a very toxic place with very toxic people. I made a decision a long time ago. What you see is what you get. If you don't like me, if you don't like what you see, that's fine. There are a whole lot of other people that you can pretend with. At the end of the day, all you walk away with is emptiness. So, so in 1 Peter, look at 1 Peter chapter 5. I think the Lord wants to help us. 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, let's look at verse 6. Uh, yeah, let's look at verse 6. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So much I could say about that verse. But notice what he says in verse 7. He says, casting all your care upon him. (coughs) Casting all your care upon him. Casting all your care upon him. Because he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him. That word care in the Greek is a compound word. It's marimna. And it comes from two words. Let me tell you what, it, what those words are. The first word is myro, which means to divide. And the second word is noose, which means the mind. And the Lord says, in this season, if you're going to be merry and bright, I need you to bring your divided mind to me. That verse, the word picture of that verse is is from the Middle East where traders would come into a city after a long trek through the desert. And what they would do, their beast of burden, usually a camel would carry the load. But they would come into sort of a rest stop or an oasis in the middle of the desert. The camel would kneel. And after the camel knelt, it would roll to one side. So it could roll all of the burden off its back. The Lord is saying, when we find ourselves in an anxious place, that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to stop, drop, and roll. Stop, drop, and roll. What are you rolling? You're rolling the cares, the burdens you've been carrying. In fact, that word marimna also, listen to me, listen to me, it also means to be anxious beforehand about the cares of life. That means at 10 o'clock before you go to bed, you're already worried about tomorrow. 
And the Lord says, I want you to bring your marimna. I want you to bring your divided mind. I want you to bring your burden to me. And I want you to stop. I want you to drop. And I want you to roll all, whatever the care, whatever's got you anxious. It might be your baby's wish list. I see this wish list. I can probably only buy one thing off of it. Whatever your care or your anxiety is, he says, bring it all to me. Because he wants for your Christmas to be merry and bright and to be about the main thing, which ain't got nothing to do with no gifts. So I said I was going to say one last thing. But I'm going to say one more. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Is this helping anybody so far? Let me tell you, the greatest hurdle you'll have to overcome, the greatest hurdle you'll have to overcome during this holiday season is being okay not living up to other people's expectations. Let this be the the Christmas. I promise. Let this be the Christmas when you refuse to live up to other people's expectations and say... This is what I can do, and I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, and again, I'm going to rejoice with what I'm able to do. That's how you experience a Christmas that is merry and bright. So, baby, you look that up, Matthew 11, verse 28. Look it up in the message if you can, and I'm just going to read it out of here. Uh, Are we at verse 28? Here we go. We're talking about rolling all of our cares. Notice what verse, verse 28 says. He says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's what he says. He says, if you're weighed down just with the demands of life, you're weighed down with the expectations of others, Jesus says, come to me. He gives us this invitation to simply come to him. When we're weighed down. I'll go on to the next verse. He says, I'll give you rest. Verse 29. Okay. Verse 29. Uh, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Uh, come, t- take my yoke upon me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that where Pastor Wendy started? That happiness depends on happenings, it's external. But we can find rest for our souls by being connected to the source who is Jesus. Jesus says, if you come unto me with your burdens, I'm going to give you rest. Now, Pastor Wendy's going to read it out of the message, and that is where I will rest my case. Read that for us, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Pump the brakes right there. I ain't going to ask for a show of hands. But I would venture to say, if we were honest with ourselves this morning, most of us would raise our hands on one of those three. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out by religion? If you find yourself in that place and you're going into the holidays with any kind of anxiety, this is what Jesus says is the remedy. This is the solution. Come to me, 
get away with me and you'll recover your life. Come on. How many want, feel like sometimes, maybe not every day, that your life just got away from you? It's almost like you're not even, no longer in control. Just, it, he says you can recover your life. You can take your life back. And that's what happens when we're so fixated on other people's expectations. It's like we surrender our lives, our peace, our joy to other people's expectations. And Jesus says this holiday season, I want you to recover your life. I want you to take your life back. This is how you do it. You come to me. Last thing. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Listen to me. He's not just going to say come to me, but he's going to show you. He's going to show you how to take your life back, how to recover your life, and how to live in rest and peace, free from anxiety, without worrying about what tomorrow will bring. He said, I'm going to show you. I will show you how to do it. Go on. Walk with me and work with me. Mm. Watch, how I, watch how I do it. So out of that place of intimacy, he's saying, watch how I do it. Watch how I do it. How I handle the pressures and the vicissitudes of life. When you come to me, you can watch me but I also instruct you. And what is he going to teach us? What He's going to teach us how to do what? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Woo! The unforced rhythms of grace. Unforced rhythms of grace. If you find yourself in that place where it's like you're driving down the highway and, you, and it's a stick shift and you're driving down the highway, that engine will tell you when it's time to shift. And sometimes in life, life will tell you, man, it's time to shift. It's almost like your whole life is just grinding like. That was good, wasn't it? And the Lord's saying it's time to shift. I'll show you the unforced rhythms of grace. Because life is about rhythms. Life is about rhythms. And the Lord said, I'll show you how to adjust to those rhythms in life so that your Christmas, but not just Christmas, so that your very life can be filled with the unforced rhythms of grace. I think that's God's desire for us this Christmas season. Pastor Wendy. Amen. The close of that scripture says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Yeah. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that where we want to live? Mm-hmm. Amen. To Amen. live freely and lightly. Pressure free. Yes. Pressure free. That's where he wants us to live. That's where God wants us to live. How many of you will take that challenge? I'll be take the challenge. In fact, one of the most powerful words you will say this Christmas season is no. No, we're not doing that. No, we're not going to do that. It's huge. All right, Pastor Wendy, I'll let you wrap up. Amen. So I had to do a self-exam 
after the whole guacamole situation. And it was, I had to ask myself, what's going on on the inside of me? And so we're talking about being merry and bright. What is going on on the inside of me? Ask yourself that. Get your hand again. Put it on your tummy this time. Repeat after me. What, what is going on, is going on inside, of me? inside of me? 2 Corinthians 14, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says this in the NIV version. Therefore, we do not lose heart over guacamole. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And that is a promise for the believers, for those of us that are connected to God. Second Corinthians 4 in the message says this, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. So good. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared yeah. for us. Yeah. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So good. And so I wanted to do a quick comparison. It, we're talking about Mary and Bright, outward circumstances versus inner joy. And this points right back to the story of the birth of Jesus. We see Mary. Uh, the angel speaks to Mary in Luke 1, the NIV. It says, uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who has, was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Yeah, yeah, so good. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. One translation, it says, be it unto me as you have spoken. Now let's look at this. That sounds so wonderful, but here is the, the comparing and the contrasting we have to do with what is going on. Theologians say Mary is between the age of 14 and 17 years old. She's engaged to Joseph. The angel comes and says, you're going to be pregnant. So how is she going to explain this to Joseph? Joseph, the scripture says in Matthew 1.18, that while he was trying to figure a way out, this is Joseph after she's pregnant, says in the Message Bible, 
uh, the message translation, while he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke to him in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring forth a son. And he tells them all of this name Jesus. It means God saves. So here, this great thing, often God wants to do great things in our lives, but our circumstances look contrary. But he had already spoke a word. The angel had said for no word from God will fail. So maybe your circumstances don't look optimal right now. And you say, well, God, I thought you said where I heard it was prophesied. Hold on to that word. Here is the, the outside. This is what it looks like for Mary and Joseph. Angel speaks to Mary. She's a teenage pregnant girl. Gossip from the community. Apparent rejection from her immediate family because once she gets pregnant, she leaves her home and goes and stays with Elizabeth for three months. It doesn't say where her mom and daddy were. She goes to another town. So we've got scandal. She has to go and stay with her cousin for three months. Joseph is trying to figure out how he can break off the engagement and not embarrass her. Then the angel speaks to Joseph, marry her. They can't even consummate the marriage after they get married until after she's had the baby. Right there, a hundred million men would have dropped off. So he, she's pregnant. He's got to cover her shame. And he gets married and it's no celebration for him until after the baby is born. They've got to travel miles away to Bethlehem while she's nine months pregnant. And there's no adequate accommodations for lodging or to give birth. And this is all circumstances based on the greatest gift that God ever could give us. Those are the circumstances. Now, this is what, that's what's going on on the outside. None of that looks real glorious, but this is what's going on on the inside. They are hearing the voice of God. They are learning to trust the voice of God. So good. They are just so committed to God that they are willing to follow illogical instructions. And inner joy is coming through a promise fulfilled that they would be the parents of the Messiah. So how to be truly merry and bright this Christmas and all year long, get connected and stay connected to God. You've got to get connected to the source. I don't care how wonderful this tree looks. If I unplug it, it is going to lose all that light. If we unplug from God, who is our source of light, and then we have no power, and then we can get into pride and selfishness. Why are you letting this happen to me, God? I thought you loved me. When it wasn't, it's not God at all. It's because we're making a choice or we are being carried away. But to be merry and bright. In John 15, 11, it says this. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. God has sent his word through his son, Jesus, that our joy may be full. It is God's desire, his design that we be filled with joy, not just have joy, but that it would overflow. In John 15, one through four verses out of NIV, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit 
while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be more fruitful. So for those of you who are always doing the right thing and hard times are still happening, God's not angry at you and he hasn't left you. It says right here that he prunes every branch that bears fruit that it may bear more fruit. Let's not buy into that lie and lose our joy saying, oh, I've done all the right things. I'm the one that does this. I, 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 I've not sinned. I haven't gone back on your word. Why? It's because of those reasons. God has found you favorable in circumstances. He's trying to get more fruit from you. And it says, remain in me, verse four in John 15. Remain in me, and I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So in order to be merry and bright, that is our first step, is to be connected to God. You can look at Galatians 5.22, and it talks about the Holy Spirit produces what kind of fruit in us? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the fruit that we're talking about, the being merry and bright, is not about the circumstance. It's about one decision, Good. and that's making a decision for Christ. And that decision is saying, I am going to receive this gift. Galatians 5, I'm closing. It says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way the fruit appears in an orchard, things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop being connected to God, a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that is basic a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. We will live merry and bright by what we extend on Jesus's behalf, giving, serving, loving, accepting, but we will most importantly live merry and bright by what we receive from Jesus. And that is his salvation. That is his forgiveness of sins. Did that help anybody this morning? Come on. We pray. We pray that over the next several weeks, the Lord will help us redirect our priorities, right? And that in the midst of the highs and the lows, we will, we will choose joy, just like Mary. A lot of times we read the story of Christmas and we miss what's really happening with this young couple. That she's about to give birth and there's no place for them to stay, but they chose joy. That they had to travel for miles. Had to deal with rejection from family and abandonment, but they still chose joy. When God says the birth of this child will bring great joy and all they had was disruption. I want to pray this morning for you as we close out this first message in this series, that we would choose, we would choose joy. Father, I pray for your people. And as I do so, Lord, I pray for me. I pray for Wendy. I pray for my family. I pray for our church. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more details about City Church and for other resources, visit us online at www.citychurchtv.com or contact us via email at 
info at citychurchtv.com. If you were encouraged or inspired by today's message, we ask that you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially, either in a one-time gift or as a monthly partner. No gift is too small. We have three convenient ways for you to give. Via our website at citychurchtv.com backslash give. Via text, text City Church TV and the amount that you would like to give to 77977. By mail, mail your check or money order to City Church Global Ministries, 8105 Razor Boulevard, Box 90, Plano, Texas, 75024. Once again, thank you for downloading today's message. We look forward to connecting with you soon.